Hello, and welcome to another episode of Inside the Yale Admissions Office. I'm Hannah, and I'm a Yale Admissions Officer. And I'm Mark. I'm also a Yale Admissions Officer. We are here today to give you a little bit of an update on what our office has been doing in response to the COVID-19 pandemic in the past several months. Uh, If you are an avid listener of this podcast, you'll remember that back in late April, we talked a little bit about um, how we had to make some changes to what we were doing in terms of our um, programming for admitted students and and that sort of thing. Um, And we've gotten a lot of emails to yaleadmissionspodcast at gmail.com asking us for a little update on what else our office has been up to over the past several months. So we wanted to give that to you guys. Right. A lot has happened since then. Obviously, we wish that um, at the time that we're recording this, which is sort of mid-December, that we would say, oh, the pandemic's over and we're all back to normal. Obviously, we're not. um, But things are different than they were in April. Um, You know, for one thing, the baseball season happened. Uh, You know, thankfully, Uh. my team, the Braves, uh, did spectacularly well, produced an MVP. We won eight games in the postseason. We're one win away from the World Series. Hannah's team, I think, won about eight games total uh, in the season. So, uh, yeah, we don't need to talk about this. (laughs) So, uh, I'm hoping that if you're listening to this later on, and things have, you know, gotten much, much, much better that, you know, perhaps the whole pandemic has started to kind of blur together. So let's kind of establish where we are right now with things in December 2020. Uh, we know a lot of schools, both um, colleges as well as high schools, are wrapping up sort of a crazy fall semester. Maybe you were remote, maybe you were in person, but um, surely there was some extent of virtual learning going on this past fall. Uh, and we've just wrapped up a full round of admissions work with um, both QuestBridge and Early Action. We sent out our decisions just a couple days ago. Yeah, and like we did last time, we want to cover a few different areas as they relate to to the pandemic. You know, our job as admissions officers is super interesting because we get to do really different kinds of work at different times of the year. So we're going to walk you through some of the different areas that we have had to, you know, adapt to um, throughout this work. So what we're going to cover today is how we've adapted in terms of our outreach to prospective students. We're going to talk about how we sort of replicated the experience of traveling that we would normally be doing uh, in the fall. And then we'll also talk about how we've made differences to our, our reading process and our committee selection process. Yep. And we're going to have a special guest come and talk to us a little bit about that later. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but let's start with um, with outreach and sort of normally during the summer, we would see thousands and thousands of visitors to our campus, prospective students coming to take tours, um, hear information sessions from admissions officers. We usually fill this big lecture hall full with people daily throughout the summer. And obviously this summer, we were unable to welcome visitors to campus like that. Right. And This has been tough because there is truly no substitute for a campus visit. So if you are listening to this, you know, later on and campus visits are a possibility, I'm going to go ahead and encourage you, if you can, to visit a college campus. It's really a great way to connect with the current students who are there to see a place where you might be spending four years of your life. Um, And so we were really sad to miss that. But we came up with some uh, substitutes that have been pretty successful. Yes, so we have done some virtual information sessions and student forums, you know, all of the stuff that you would be able to experience on campus if you were to visit, we sort of pivoted to the virtual world. And what's great about the virtual world is that anyone can partake. So we actually wound up connecting with about 40% more folks who kind of tuned in to listen to those sessions than we would normally have visit our campus over the summer months. 
Yeah, and as we hoped, we learned a lot about this format very, very quickly. I think just like everybody, we had to learn on the fly. And I've been sort of pleasantly surprised, I think, that you know participants have been engaged. People seem to have gotten a lot um, out of the experience. Hannah, I don't know if you've had a you know similar experience when you've been leading a, a virtual info session, but um, I, I like it more than I thought I would. Yeah, you know, it's really no substitute for seeing people in person and, you know, watching a crowd of students get excited about something you're saying about Yale. But it's been great that we've been able to reach so many people virtually. So um, that is something that I, I imagine we're not going to totally give up once once the world goes back to normal. We'll continue to offer these sort of virtual sessions so we can continue to reach a lot of people around the world who might not have had the chance to visit our campus. Exactly. I mean, I think that's the big lesson. There's there's sort of no turning back at this point. Um, we are excited to offer tours and travel again, but the successes I think with these have been sort of so um, me immediately apparent that, um, and, and honestly, they're so kind of relatively easy for us to produce that I think there'll be something that we'll, we'll keep doing. So if you're a fan of these kinds of things, um, if you've experienced them so far, they're not going away uh, anytime soon, I don't think. Yeah, and another cool thing we were able to put together is some great events for school counselors. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's not something that normally we would necessarily have the chance to do. And we love con connecting with your uh, college counselors at various high schools. We really learn a lot from talking to them. Um, it's always good to connect and, and kind of hear about how things are going um, from a different perspective. So those are some events that, again, we were able to put together sort of uniquely in this new virtual world. And I think we'll continue to do. Um, I think we all found the virtual space to be a great way to connect. Definitely. Um, so normally throughout the fall, what we would be doing is spending um, a, a few weeks out on the road. All of the admissions officers in our office would be visiting various high schools in their areas, doing college fairs, hosting information sessions in different parts of the country or around the world, um, often traveling with colleagues from other colleges. And uh, Mark and I both definitely missed that aspect of our job this year. We so were much. traveling and it's you know, it's a ton of fun and um, we will eventually do an episode about our, our experiences on the road just to give you a, a little picture of what that's about. But this year, obviously, we were forced to stay home instead. Right. So instead of doing my kind of annual barnstorming road trip across the southeast where I eat a really unhealthy amount of barbecue or, uh, mm. you know, Hannah, normally you'd be jet setting to all sorts of fascinating, uh, you know, countries and, and yes. you know, taking amazing pictures to, to bring back to everyone. We were in front of Zoom, just like everybody else, <laughs> um, but still trying to meet people where they are, right? So one of the things that we did is we coordinated a whole bunch of virtual high school visits. Um, we did more than 500 of these just in the U.S. I know the international team, Hannah, did a lot of these as well, um, where we could connect with you and your your classmates and, you know, coordinate with the school to sort of find a time, maybe 30 minutes or so, just to connect and kind of have the sort of conversation that we might if we were in the school building. And, um, you know there were some positives and some negatives with this. I mean, I think uh, it's definitely a mixed bag altogether. Yeah, these sort of smaller, more focused sessions give us an opportunity to um, really address your specific questions. And uh, it's a little bit more more personal than usually one of the larger information sessions that we do. Um, and I feel like that we were able to replicate over Zoom, uh, but it's just not the same as, you know, um, going to your high school and like, 
being in that setting and, and you know, seeing what things look like and uh, seeing you in your sort of natural habitat. So we definitely miss that aspect. One of the benefits, though, is that, you know, doing everything by Zoom, I found that I could be doing, you know, a, a session at 9 a.m. in Biloxi, Mississippi, and then have a 10 a.m. that was in Columbia, South Carolina, you know, like bending the space-time continuum in a way that just <laughs> wouldn't be possible if I were, you know, driving on the road. So it, um, it did allow me to connect with some folks that I sort of normally would be really hard for me to actually drive my little dinky rental car, you know, from point A to point B to point C, you know, in the course of a couple week road trip. Definitely. Um, another thing that we like to do when we're doing our sort of outreach travel is uh, team up with other schools and um, do sessions that talk about Yale, but also talk about, uh, you know, some of our other um, peer schools. And we were able to do that virtually as well. I know Mark coordinated a lot of that. And um, we, again, connected with about twice as many people as we normally would have if we were just doing this, you know, physically on the road. Yeah, this was fun. And we decided to do primarily a geographic kind of strategy with this as well. So normally we would get a bunch of admissions officers together from, from different schools and we would all pile in a minivan and we would drive around, say, Florida or Texas or, you know, Ohio. And we'd visit a bunch of cities. It's, it's kind of like, you know, a nerdy version of a, of a, you know, rock and roll concert road show, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. We like to think about ourselves that's that a, way. That's a bit of a strategy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine it that way when we're, you know, packing up the band and, and going mm. from city to city. But, um, you know, we did that virtually this year and um, we still sort of targeted at, at various regions. So we said, all right, let's talk to students in Texas. Texas students, here are a few different, you know, evenings that you could come in and participate in a live session with us. And it was really great to see that we had really high numbers, really great engagement. And, you know, in conversations with my colleagues at other schools, we sort of all came to the same place, which is that, yeah, we want to get back on the road again, but there's no going back. Like we're going to have to keep offering these virtual sessions. So I hope no matter where you are in the world, um, I think that as a result of, of this whole experience, the silver lining will be that you'll find an opportunity to connect virtually in these kinds of events that we just, we weren't putting in the virtual space previously. So let's talk a little bit about our selection process, because that is what we have sort of just finished up um, while we're doing this recording right now. And, um, you know, our selection process includes the reading of applications, but also uh, admissions committee, which we've talked about on previous episodes before. Um, and in many ways, uh, this is kind of the area of our jobs that felt the most normal this year, as opposed to, uh, you know, not traveling or not welcoming people to campus. The selection process, for the most part, um, stayed pretty similar. Usually when we're reading applications, many of us will work from home. Um, uh, that, that's, that's already kind of a solitary activity. So that felt fairly normal to us. Yeah, there was something sort of reassuring about kind of finally reaching reading season this year because we didn't have to master any new Zoom tricks to be reading yeah. applications the same way. You know, my, my day was sort of much more similar to what my day would have been like in 2019 um, when, when reading applications. Um, although the actual work and the process was very similar, we certainly saw some differences in terms of what was in um, the applications, right? Um, as we expected and, and as we were talking about 
back in April, schools indeed had all kinds of different approaches and policies after COVID. You know, some of these schools had really kind of radical departures and what instruction looked like and what sort of daily activities were just really changed starting in March and have not gone back to normal. Other places, it's been kind of relatively, you know, small, uh, you know, tweaks. And and we've started to see a wa- sort of everything across that spectrum. Yeah. And often a counselor will, will sort of give us that context in their letter or, or on, on the forms that they fill out to let us know how the school has adjusted, what online learning has been like, that sort of thing. Um, so we definitely take a look at that context and uh, it becomes a part of our application review this year. So we just sort of understand what you've been going through um, and how you're your academic experiences may have changed over the past several months. We also saw a lot of canceled activities and summer programs, a lot of summer summer plans that uh, didn't pan out. Um, but at the same time, some new and innovative ways where uh, student activities or organizations have kept active and, you know, found ways to innovate. Right. You can see in some applications, there's kind of just this continued linear path in terms of a student's activities and sort of like not much of a sense of disruption. In other applications, there's kind of of this clean break, you know, kind of what a student was doing through junior year looked like one thing, and then afterwards it's it's something else. I just want to say proactively, we have not had any preference for one particular, um, you know, sort of trajectory over another. Um, right. It's it's been interesting, though, to see what some students have done that maybe they wouldn't have done otherwise, right? Like we've I've seen students who have, you know, gotten a part-time job and, and learned something interesting from that, or they've planted a garden or, you know, even started a podcast. Uh, you know, so yeah. it's it's been cool to see some some differences there. There have been also, uh, you know, some some volunteer opportunities that have come up because of the pandemic. There are students who are doing virtual, uh, you know, research on, um, you know, vaccine development, all that sort of thing. So um, we're definitely seeing some um, some interesting new activities that have that have emerged. Um, unfortunately, we're also reading a lot about some real personal hardships, which is which is tough. Indeed, and it is tough. Um, you know, fortunately. It's not a big departure for us to read about this, these sorts of challenges, to incorporate the this kind of context into our into our review. So, you know, f- you know, fortunately, I, I'm glad that we've not sort of needed to to really sort of upend our process or kind of radically change the way that we think about things. Um, we are just sort of continuing to use our our sort of whole person review process to understand where students coming from. And you know, oftentimes these are challenges that are are relatively new, but in many cases um, these are you know, long-standing things that a, a student and uh, you know their family has dealt with, and usually the pandemic has just kind of added an, an extra dimension, you know, of it onto it. And, and we are very aware of that when we're reviewing the application. So let's talk a little bit about sort of that application review and and really the selection process and how it's changed and how it's um, stayed the same this year. And to talk about this with us, we're inviting back uh, a very special guest. Jeremiah Quinlan, Dean of Undergraduate Admissions and Financial Aid, to ask him some questions about how the pandemic has sort of affected our work um, in the long term and the short term. Hi, Jeremiah. Thanks for joining us again. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Mark. So great to be back with both of you. Thanks for joining us, Jeremiah. Um, We wanted to ask you a few questions about what the first round of selection has been like in the new pandemic reality. Um, We know that a big question on many applicants' mind has been our standardized testing policy. We had a big change this year. We made the SAT or the ACT optional, and we did that because it was clear that people were just not going to have the same opportunities to take the test. So, you know, having read um, our first round of applications this year, Jeremiah, like, how do you feel that this change played out in the review process? 
that is a great question. And it is obviously one that I get asked a lot when I am talking to students and parents about the current admission cycle. Um, you know, the change that we had to make earlier this year was, um, you know, a big change for us. It was a decision that had to, made re- had to be made relatively quickly. You know, it is unfortunate that the public health situation in this country and around the world has, you know, precluded many students from being able to register and take the SAT or the ACT. And we have required standardized testing in our admissions process for essentially as long as those tests have been around. So this was a converse, this was a conversation I had to have with lots of different people on campus before we made the change. But we were optimistic that we could make the change, acknowledging the the limited opportunities that students had to take these exams, but recognizing that scores are never determinative on their own in our whole person review process. So some applicants have had testing. Many applicants have not had testing. And we have, while we have missed the testing on occasion, um, there's lots of other material in the applications of those who are applying without it to work through and consider and answer the question, can the student do the work at Yale? There were lots of data points in our consideration process over the past few weeks that allowed us to answer with certainty the question about a student's academic preparation for you. And I think the the follow-up question that we're starting to get more and more at this point is, um, when can people expect a decision on whether we'll keep this test optional policy or not for applicants to the class of 2026? And maybe we don't quite know the answer to that, but you could talk a little bit about um, how we plan to go about making that decision on that policy. Well, I think we're going to make the decision by, you know, monitoring the the situation that, you know, what it looks like from a the ability to, from the SAT and ACT to administer those exams um, around the world and in the U.S. Um, I get asked this question a lot. I understand why I'm being asked this question a lot. And, um, you know, we're going to use the same criteria that we to make this decision as we did last year. I do think I'm going to we're going to try and make this decision in the first quarter of 2021. So February or March. March is sort of our expected timeline because we recognize we want to get this information into the hands of high school juniors as they plan for the rest of their high school career and leading up to hopefully applying to Yale. So I think we're monitoring the situation closely and we're going to talk about these amongst the staff. I'm going to talk about it with our faculty committee that helps advise me on making admissions decisions. And I do think we'll make a decision sometime before March of the new year. All right. So let's change topics a little bit. Um, Another big shift that we've gone through is that we've moved our entire committee process to Zoom. Um, So instead of sitting around a big table and munching on snacks and looking at the big screen together, um, you know, we're all the little talking heads on on the Zoom screen. And and Jeremiah, you've chaired a lot of these committees over the past couple of weeks. Um, Tell our listeners a little bit about what that change has, has been like. What's different? What's the same? Well, what's the same is that we are still spending a significant amount of time being careful and thoughtful on our consideration of the top applicants to Yale College. We're still pulling up documents. We're still reading the essays and the interview reports and the teacher recommendations together. We're still hearing the admissions officer who's responsible for that specific admissions territory give us the short synopsis of the case. We're still voting. We're still recording those votes. 
We're obviously doing it on a PDF instead of with pencil or paper. But this has really been the transfer of a process to a virtual world that has not changed the mechanics in any substantial way. Um, and I think that's been really reassuring. Um, I do miss looking around the committee table and seeing my colleagues' faces. And there's certainly an energy to the committee room and a thoughtfulness to looking at those documents together around a table that you can't replicate over Zoom. My waistline is very happy with me because we did not have a buffet table of snacks that I could eat for <laughs> nonstop for two straight weeks and use as a lunch replacement. <laughs> it has been a change. It's The discussions have been really good. I have been really happy with the the level of conversation that we've had. I've been really happy with the involvement of faculty and deans who are included in our admissions process. So I feel like this has been a, a, a necessary transition. This is not the way I think we will move with committees in the future mm -hmm. after we are through this unique year. It will help us if there are large snowstorms in the Northeast that we know we can transition mm -hmm. to a virtual admissions committee. There are no more, just like there's gonna be no more snow days mm -hmm. for Connecticut public schools. There's not gonna be too many more snow days for the Yale Admissions Committee, unfortunately, because mm -hmm. we've learned how to do this. But I don't think this is going to be the long-term change, but I feel really confident that this is the way we can run committee carefully and thoughtfully and regular decision as well in February. I feel like over the past few months, um, we've had these moments where where we say, oh, I can't wait to get back to, um, you know, doing things the old way once this pandemic is under control. So, you know, in-person committees being one of those things. But there have also been times when, you know, we've been forced to innovate and we realize, oh, wow, this is actually something that we should keep doing, uh, even once the pandemic is over and, and life is sort of back to normal. So what are the, the two most salient examples of those things to you? You know, what, what do you think we should hold on to? And um, what do you what can't you wait uh, to get back to normal in our process? Yeah, I mean, I think this has been such a unique opportunity for us to be forced to innovate in a way that we should have been doing for years, mm -hmm. but we just were not motivated to make those changes. And, and that makes sense. And some of the innovations that I am really excited about moving forward is the idea that we are doing virtual outreach to reach more students in places that we cannot travel to or that our travel, our, what you would think of as sort of traditional admissions officer travel, never lined up with student schedules before. Mm -hmm. You know, before this pandemic, the way that you got access to a Yale admissions officer was either coming to New Haven or being able to attend a session in Wichita, Kansas, the one night that a Yale admissions officer was in Wichita, Kansas. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case anymore. This year we have been forced to have these virtual information sessions. And I don't know if we'll be doing these virtual outreach sessions five times a week or doing hundreds of them every fall, but I do think we are gonna move forward with a strategy that is truly hybrid in nature, where we are doing some in-person outreach travel to meet students, parents, and counselors for sure, but also continuing to have some of these virtual events to lower the barriers to information for students from around the country and around the world in ways that we should have been thinking about for years. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing is in the same vein, just having more opportunities for admitted students to learn about Yale who don't have the opportunities to travel to campus. Yeah. Typically, we have been focusing a lot of our efforts on in-person, on-campus events in the month of April once we've admitted our full complement of students. And I think the idea that we have been able to create such a rich set of virtual events for admitted students that will allow them to get the information that they need without necessarily having to come to campus 
And what are you excited to get back to once we get back to normal? Oh, I just miss seeing all of my colleagues. I miss seeing you guys. I love listening to this podcast and hearing you two talk about the work that we do so thoughtfully, but with so much energy and your laughter and the banter. You just can't, you can't recreate that over Zoom. And so I really do miss that. I miss seeing colleagues in the committee room. I miss seeing colleagues in meetings. I miss seeing colleagues in the office. This is very inside baseball, but like the, the admissions office has this crackling energy during committee season, especially in early action and during December that I just really missed this past year. And then I also just miss seeing my colleagues around the profession. Mm -hmm. I miss seeing all of my friends in the college counseling business. I miss talking to students and parents in person about Yale. I missed giving a Yale information session and having students just feel so excited about the opportunities at Yale or other colleges that they, they're just, you can see the excitement sort of bubbling out of them as they're asking you their questions about college. You can't replace those things. And I, I think I'm really excited to get back to the day where we are continuing, as I said before, continuing to lower barriers for students virtually and allow them access to information, but also continuing to still meet them where they are and, 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 and get them excited about the opportunities that Yale has. And frankly, the opportunities that the incredible uh, array of colleges and universities in this country provide students and visitors. All right. Well, Jeremiah, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today and for sharing your thoughts on where we are right now in, in the pandemic with all of our listeners. Well, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, I really enjoy this podcast and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks. All right. Well, so that's where we're at. We certainly hope uh, that all the current reasons that, that we have in December 2020 to be optimistic about this pan out. And it means that we won't have to do a third episode um, about COVID. But I'm glad that we could give you some updates in terms of where we are right now. Thanks, as always, to our friend and colleague, Jill. She's both a fabulous sound engineer and a great admissions officer. Thanks to Reed, who lends us his office in the office. I'm, I'm here today. So thanks again, Reed. And of course, thanks to former admissions officer, Andrew Brick Johnson, who composes our music. You should check him out at andrewbrickjohnson.com. If you have comments or an idea for an episode, drop us a line at Podcast at gmail.com. And finally, remember that the views expressed in this podcast are ours and don't necessarily represent those of Yale University. Thanks for listening.